welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how are y'all doing? I am, of course, your host, Mark Kushnez, and yeah. <laughs> I said this last time, but it feels like I've not done this show in forever, and I think it's because... I recorded the last episode very, very early, and I'm recording this episode the day before it actually comes out. I'm being somewhat current, though there's nothing news-wise I want to talk about because all the FTC stuff I could care less about. I am sick of it. It is making me borderline hate the video game industry. Uh, It's evident, or it's not even evident. It's showing us what we always knew unless we are rational human beings who would call ourselves fanboys or maybe we wouldn't call ourselves that but are when push comes to shove and when other people who are rational look at us and say you're fucking insane but these are businesses sony microsoft it's it's all business games are important yes quality and all that jazz is important because that does help business but ultimately it's all business it's all bickering, it's all bull crap, and it's really annoying, and I want to be done with it, and I hate it all. Ooh, I hate it all. I hate all this crap, and I hate some of the people and the way they phrase some of the stuff that's coming out. Microsoft almost bought Sega. They almost bought Square. No, they didn't. They considered it, sure, but it didn't happen because it was never going to happen. I I can't say anything for sure, obviously. But I feel like if Microsoft was able to purchase Square and or Sega, they would have done that. That would have been a much bigger get for them than Activision Blizzard. Because what Activision Blizzard does really, along with King, which I guess is the more important or the real big part of the acquisition, and that may have more global reach or, or, or more global reach. The Activision Blizzard side of things, it just helps them in markets where they're already doing pretty well. I guess Europe, Diablo, and Blizzard stuff is okay, and Call of Duty, but in markets like Japan, and in markets just in general, and as well as diversifying their portfolio and the kind of games they have. If they were able to get Sega, that would also give them Atlas, they would do it. And I think they, because of their inability to make a full acquisition possible, they were at least able to get a lot of partnerships going and that's why we got Yakuza on the platform and Persona and is there any other thing from Atlas or Sega that has uh, those are the two big ones that really stand out Yakuza and Persona and then Square you think they would like to have Final Fantasy not only to have it but then to make it exclusive and shove that in Sony's face they would have loved that I would have loved that 
as someone who doesn't care about Final Fantasy, just as a means to make up for the annoyance I've felt for not being able to play the big Final Fantasies. Instead, we just get Stranger in Paradise and Stranger in Paradise. I was going to say for a spoken, but we at least didn't get that. But maybe that's good. I don't know. I haven't played it. But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I want it to be over with. It sounds, or at least seems like overall, the stuff that has come out is going to lead to the acquisition finally going through and any kind of hurdles the FTC is going to try and put in the way is not going to stop the deal from happening and it would be them trying to make things happen post-deal. So we're maybe close to being done, but also not being done, whatever. But enough about that. Let's just get on to what I've been playing because that's really what I have to talk about. And that's what I have to offer. Do you really want to hear me talk about news stories and whatnot? If you do, at any point, comment on the videos. Comment on the site. Leave a comment here, there, anywhere but the Discord. Keep it off the Discord. Because the Discord is all private jazz. Nobody sees that. Put, it, put your public face forward. And make the other people be like, Oh, there's, there's, there's activity here. But let's just move on. By the way, yeah, I'm streaming Simpsons Hit and Run. That's been a wildly, wildly all over the place in terms of enjoyment game. Things I love, things I don't love. <sighs> but you can check out the archives of that. Anywho, oh yeah, I forgot. Last week I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start doing plugging the fucking everything at the top of the show. So if you, what? You can follow me anywhere. Pretty much anywhere at PX Sausage. Yeah, at PX Sausage. And of course, the site, the YouTubes, the Patreon, the Discord, all that jazz and more can be found over at PXSausage.com. That is again PXSausage.com. So go there and do all that. But what have I been playing, you ask? Well, my friends, I've got five games to talk about this here episode this week, including Crime Boss Rock Hay City. Dr. Fetus is mean bean, mean meat machine. You know why I said mean bean machine? Because that's what is a take on, I assume. I'll get to that shortly. Toronto, Brave Soldier, Invasion of Cyborgs, and Drill Deal, Oil Tycoon. And we are, of course, going to start with Crime Boss Rock A City because I read them in the order in which I will be talking about them. Surprise, surprise. This is the somewhat infamous game that came out earlier this year on PC only. And when I say infamous game, I do not mean it's part of the infamous series. Otherwise, it would only be on PlayStation or would have launched on PlayStation and be making its way to PC now. I digress with a little fun fact that wasn't fun or funny at all. It was just me wasting your time, which I'm always very good at. But Crime Boss Rocket City is the payday-like starring washed up 90s 80s actors like Kim Basinger this is something that when I was playing I realized I don't actually know what the correct pronunciation of her name is is it Basinger is it Bassinger is it Basinger I like that last one but I doubt that's the correct one I think it's Basinger 
Kim Basinger, that sounds rightish. But including her, Michael Madsen, Danny Glover, Vanilla Ice, and Danny Trejo. I think those are the, and then Michael Rooker. I think those are the main players. I don't know if there are any other actors. I guess you wouldn't call Michael Rooker washed up. And Vanilla, Vanilla Ice isn't an actor at all. He is a washed up rapper, though, if you even want to call him a rapper. Danny Glover, I just kind of feel bad for because I love Danny Glover. And him being in this is kind of sad. Oh, yeah, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is in it as well, who I would also not call an actor. I would call Vanilla Ice more of an actor than Chuck Norris. Then Michael Madsen is definitely washed up and in that era of his career where he'll probably just do anything and do a lot of made-for-TV stuff. And then Kim A. Singer. I, I would have just thought she was retired. I also am not her biggest fan. And by not her biggest fan, I mean I don't have much experience with her outside of Batman 1989 and Cellular, which is a very good movie starring Chris Evans before he became Captain America. But after he put a banana split on his ass in not another teen movie. So yeah, an interesting error for Chris Evans, but a very entertaining movie with him and Kim Basinger, Basinger, I'm going to say her last name so many different ways, and Jason Statham uh, with a little bit of William H. Macy as well. Solid cast, a bit of annoying if it'll bother you, cell phone marketing in it for, I don't remember the brand of phones, but they do a lot of close-up shots where you can see the, the brand very clearly and in your face. But that's nothing to do with Crime Boss Rocky City, which again is a payday-like where you are going on heists and robbing stores, getting into gang warfare every now and again. And it's structured in a rogue light package where the big boss, the main boss, is Michael Madsen's character, who is called something really dumb. Your name is very, very stupid. And the way the rogue elements work is that you, when going on missions, if you play as him, you will be able to level up, and he is more powerful than your your regular grunt type of character, NPC, player character who can be your AI partner. But if you die as him, game over, you start over. I haven't reached that. I haven't, in my four hours with the game, hit a game over, so I can't speak to what happens upon that reset. Because when you do level up, the game phrases it and makes it sound like these upgrades are permanent. So that, and some of the upgrades, they would only make sense if they're permanent. Like starting a new run with extra cash or an extra army slot and the way the game works is that you're going on these heists to capture areas you will have these gang warfares where you send a certain number of generic army fodder against another gang's team and you'll you'll see how many 
troops they'll be putting up. And then you'll, after you clear out that number, a little boss will come in. Usually, sometimes they don't send a boss. You defeat that mini boss character, and then you can overtake territories in a very risk-like manner. So you have for every day, which you can consider a turn, you have so many troops that you can send, and you have to send at least a minimum of 10 on a mission, or on a, yeah, a mission, uh, to have a chance at doing it, completed it successfully. And that's the basic gist of the gameplay. You are earning cash while you're doing this. You are hiring more troops that you take on your missions, your actual heists and bank robberies, store robberies, warehouse robberies, hits and stuff of that nature. And you you hire them with your money and then you will also pay them a salary, but you, you just hire them the one time for the big lump sum and then their costs are pretty marginal. You take all the loot you gain from your various missions and sell that on the black market. It may not be called the black market, but it is essentially the black market, if not directly called that. And that works on a varying market value system where one day jewels might be worth 35% more than average. And the next day they might be down 20% and the same for antiques and gold, etc. And on top of that, you eventually open up a system where you can purchase assets to diversify your income and whatnot so that you, you aren't spread or, or focus on one way of gaining income and having your money safe. You will have to worry about other gangs attacking your territories very risk-like again. And then the core gameplay is a first-person shooter where you, you shoot shit. And by shit, I mean people. The thing about it is, despite what you've heard about it being really terrible, one, I don't remember what the discourse was regarding this game when it originally came out. I don't know if a lot of the hate was because it was super buggy and didn't work great and had a lot of frame rate issues, etc. I don't know if there were a lot of performance related problems and all that, but playing it on the Xbox Series X because this is a I got a code for it and it, it, it's in the zeitgeist not really though, no one's talking about to my knowledge, but it's back in somewhat attention because it's made its way to consoles finally. The thing about it, though, is while as a shooter, it's not great. It's not the best feeling shooter, but it's not the worst. It feels okay. However, the whole structure of it, the concepts behind so much of it, there are a lot of systems going on. There's a lot of things at play in the game. I really like what this game could be. It's got a lot of interesting ideas, but it doesn't 
go hard enough on any of them. It threw a lot at the wall and it it stuck. But what stuck for each particular bit was just a single strand of angel hair pasta. So it's very, very light, very, very thin. And it all needs to be expanded upon in various ways, some more than others. One of the worst things and, and probably the thing that takes away from the experience the most is that every single mission I've gone on is incredibly short and requires very little skill or thought or planning really I appreciate at least though that it is very single player friendly so you can play this by yourself the AI is incredibly stupid but it is also incredibly stupid on the enemy side as well so you can do things by yourself where or, or compared to payday which in my little time with that close to the the game's launch payday 2 i remember that game being very unpleasant playing solo it may have changed over time because that game has been supported like crazy has been expanded like crazy updated etc but my recollection of my time with that game was that it was very solo unfriendly. Prime Boss Rocket City is very solo friendly. But it seems like while they had a lot of great ideas, gameplay wise and all that, they, instead of taking the time to expand upon those ideas and flesh everything out and make a great game, they after creating that skeleton and the base structure and making sure everything works essentially and, and the missions are very repetitive you're not doing a lot of the uh, there's not a, a lot of diversity in terms of location styles you will go on a mission in this one location and then a mission in this other location and it's the same fucking warehouse in the same layout with the same shit and you're just you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and the missions are so fast in some cases I would finish a mission in less than a minute. That may be a bit of an exaggeration, but not much. It would be less than two minutes. If, if it's not less than a minute, less than two minutes for sure. But the longest mission I went on was probably five to maybe seven minutes. I never exceeded 10 minutes for a mission. And that may sound appealing to have a lot of bite-sized content, but I would like there to be a more diverse mission style and and type where if i wanted to go on a very deep and long and you know, you know I, I would like there to be missions where yes they're going to take longer and i'm going to have to plan and think them out a lot more but then the rewards are going to be much greater but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter just go on the fucking simplest missions you can find because it's all the same shit but it seems like they, instead of doing all that, making the game as good as they could, they decided to fall back and rely on the writing, which is awful. It's not funny. It's very, very, very bad. And the inclusion of all these washed up or semi-retired actors to 
do the heavy lifting. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in large part because the writing is terrible, but also because most of the actors seem like they're half comatose in their delivery. And it's, it's, it's just not, it's not good. It's not entertaining. It's not funny in a bad way. It's not so bad. It's good. It's just mostly sad, which sucks because I think if they removed all that and focused on just making it a great game, there potentially could have been something here. But then at the same time, if they didn't have these celebrities and all that in the game, how would they make it stand out? I think the structure and all that makes it feel very different from Payday, except maybe Payday added some rogue things that I don't know about since I don't play Payday. But the way the game is structured and the, and its single-player friendliness, to me, that's, that's enough right there. So you may have expected me to really hate on this game in ways, uh, because that's what the majority of the discourse and whatnot about this game has been. But I had a good enough time with the four hours I put into it, and I plan on going back to play more. I'm not overly excited about it because, like I said, really short missions, very repetitive, shooting's just okay, writing's terrible. But the concepts in the game, the ideas... The game I could see, the the game I can't imagine this being. I like, I like that game. This is this is like uh, being in a relationship where their current status, their current nature is not great, but you you see the potential in them. You're you're with them not for them but for their potential, and that is why I will probably keep playing some more of this because the potential alone is making me enjoy it more than I probably otherwise would. I look at the game and I think, there's probably no way in hell this game is done anywhere near well enough to warrant a sequel, but I sure would love to see them iron out the kinks, expand upon these ideas, and maybe throw out all the celebrity crap in favor of good writing, good characterizations, and just better better content overall. Hey, I got a degree in writing. Email me. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to, to help, help out. <laughs> but that is Crime Boss Rock A City, a game that I don't think is all that shitty. Ha 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 ha. Next up we have Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine, which I assume is basically a take on Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, given the similarity in the naming structure. However, I've never played those games, or that game. I don't know if there were multiple of those games. What I didn't realize about Mean Bean Machine, and I'm assuming, again, because the naming that this is what it's a play on, 
and therefore that means Mean Bean Machine is one of these. I didn't realize the Mean Bean Machine is just a fucking Puyo Puyo game because that's what Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine game is. It's a Puyo Puyo game. And I don't like Puyo Puyo. So, Puyo Puyo on me. But, but don't actually poo on me. This is just not my thing. I don't like Puyo Puyo. I don't... I understand how it works. And I know that a lot of it comes down to building chains. So setting up the board in such a way that you'll be able to create long chains that will then increase your score. And in, in this game, it'll do a, another thing that I'll get to. But I don't like it. It does not... In the falling block matching genre, whatever you want to call Tetris likes and whatnot, this is the one that I've played that I like the least. I'm trying to think of what types there are. Tetris columns, I guess, would fall in this. I liked columns, but that was probably because I was a Sega kid growing up, and that's what I had. I didn't have any other game of that nature. I like Dr. Mario, but I don't love Dr. Mario either. This genre, in actuality, is not my biggest cup of tea. I much prefer puzzle games that are more thinky, like Picross, which I recently played for the first time and felt quite and fond of. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would say love love, but I'm quite fond of what I've played of Picross so far and look forward to playing more of that. But Puyo Puyo is probably my least favorite. And by probably, I mean it is my least favorite. What Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine does, and if you don't know who Dr. Fetus is and all that, this is set in the Super Meat Boy universe. So it's very, very bloody. And is very, very bloody. But the way it works, the, the spice it adds to the Puyo Puyo gameplay to make it stand out, to make it its own thing, is that in keeping in, in line with the whole Super Meat Boy thing, the play area will have hazards in it mostly in the form of spinning blades that you have to avoid. And each level has various stages. And when you fill this meter, you will finish one stage and move on to the next stage, which changes the board a little bit and typically, well, not typically, but always will make the board a bit more challenging. You'll have blades that start moving back and forth or up and down or more blades will be thrown into the area and you have to then avoid all of those. And the way the the blades work, because you're dropping clones of, of Super Meat Boy as Dr. Fetus in this campaign, this story that has a very minimal story in just a handful of little cutscenes here and there, which are nice. They're, they're cute. And I didn't realize Dr. Fetus was such a cute little fella inside this glass body thing, but he's cute. But when you are maneuvering your pieces down to the bottom of the screen, and, and they're always two, two-sided pieces, they might be both the same color or two different colors, and you can rotate them left or right, 
and then you're just trying to match four of them to create a match and so on and so forth somewhat similar to Dr. Mario I guess in that sense but the way it works is that when you are maneuvering and avoiding these hazards if you don't successfully do that you will die immediately and have to restart at the last checkpoint and checkpoints are all the various stages so if you die during the first stage you start over from the very beginning if you made it to the second stage you start over at the second stage if you die if a piece gets destroyed after it's already been placed on the the in the game area because there there will be blades that are rotating through and there are ones that may be rotating in a circle and they'll come around before you're able to get there and make a match those those deaths quote unquote deaths don't affect your they don't turn into a game over which is nice if they did the game would be an absolute nightmare but the hazards one make maneuvering the 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 board more challenging and when you have stuff like the rotating blade or whatnot it adds a necessity a, a, a rush to your actions it, it requires you to get things done uh, get things done very quickly to move the piece fast to get it in place quickly and make sure you're doing everything very fast so that you can get those matches before the hazard comes around and destroys all the work you've built and that's kind of interesting I guess but it just made for me someone who doesn't particularly like Puya Puya even more annoyed and less likely to enjoy this game what is nice is that there is an accessibility option but before we get to that the way chains work and why chains are very very important especially in this game i, I don't know how they work in people or anything if they, if they just create higher scores but the importance of chains in dr fetus's mean meat machine is that if you create a chain you will get a temporary you will you will you'll be granted temporary invulnerability so you can pass the pieces through hazards it'll slow down the game board and the hazards as well and when they're placed on the ground they're they're say like it's very important to create chains because the larger the chain the longer the duration of that <coughs> invulnerability so that is very very important but also there is an accessibility option which can just make the the game or make you invulnerable all the time. I tried this out. What it does is make the it makes the game incredibly fucking boring. I kind of figured that was going to be the case, but when I tested it out for myself, it, it was exactly what I expected, and even a little worse because while you're invulnerable, one, it's only invulnerable when you're maneuvering the piece down before placing it any any piece that is placed on the board can still be destroyed because that doesn't matter to you having a restart level or anything of that nature but what i didn't realize or think of when thinking about how invulnerability would probably make the experience less enjoyable is that it makes the game incredibly simple where you're just mo mostly wor worrying about 
making the matches and in some cases worrying about the hazards that are moving and can hit the pieces after they've been placed. But really, you're then just playing the game, not thinking so much about the hazards, but they're still there and just end up being visual clutter when you turn on a vulnerability. So that's not great. What's even worse is that I could be wrong in thinking this, but I feel like, especially with Puyo Puyo, I feel like it's a very multiplayer-centric puzzle game where a lot of the fun and a lot of enjoyment for people is in battling against whether it be AI or other players. There is no multiplayer of any kind in Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine. No versus, no, I don't know, whatever other kind of multiplayer things you'd have in these games. There's nothing. There's not even a high score leaderboard that I remember seeing. It's just the campaign, which is comprised of, I think, 120 missions, which is a lot. That's a, that's a decent amount. But once you do that, that's it. There's not a endless mode that uses procedural generation or whatever to create, uh, that uses randomization or whatever to create various and different types of hazards as you progress so you, you do so many matches and then they'll introduce some random hazard and so on and so forth there's nothing of that nature either there is just the story campaign and that's it so it is very very light on content and the content that is there is very very one time ish <laughs> one time it's not something that is super replayable is what I'm getting at so once you have played through that, what is there left for you? The answer is, I don't know. And again, before even getting there, I just, you have boss fights too, which are whatever. It just wasn't my jam. And the thing is, I I think the the little ways in which it takes the Super Meat Boy thing and spices up the gameplay with these hazards is kind of interesting but I also I don't know if I think it's actually a good idea but I don't feel confident or like I am able to really say one way or the other because I don't like Puya Puya on a base level and because I don't like Puya Puya I don't feel that uh, super confident in being able to say the the little ways in which they make this game their own is also not good because I, I just don't like the, the base gameplay. So yeah, not my thing. If you like Puyo Puyo, if you like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, it's probably maybe worth checking out unless you think the whole idea of these hazards is annoying. Uh, but if you don't, I, I don't know how many Puyo Puyo slash bean bean likes there are out there so maybe worth giving a shot just know that there's not a whole lot of content there next up we have Toronto which is a game where you play as a knight I guess I don't remember I was just this game was super super repetitive in the way every single level was structured where you just keep moving forward, they gradually make it a little bit more challenging and create hazards that you have to jump over and 
enemies that come from the sky and are incredibly annoying. But a lot of it is just moving a little to the right of the screen and then enemies will come from both angles and you're just you're changing directions and taking out these enemies slowly but surely and then taking on some boss fights. It has very, very muddy visuals which are somewhat charming but then also ugly. And it's just a game I completed in less than an hour and was bored by way before that. There's no challenge to it. It's just tedious all the freaking time. And the way... There's no difficulty option. The way continues works is that as long as you have at least 2,000 points, then you could replenish your lives and continue exactly where you left off if you're in a boss fight. You don't have to restart the boss fight. They'll be however low on health they are. And the bosses, the bosses are just bullet sponges, or in this case, javelin spear lunge, uh, sponges, because that's basically what you're throwing. But it's just, it's so fucking repetitive. And it's super, super easy. And it's not fun. And the same... Ugh, I'm trying to think if there's anything... Like I said, I think there is some charm to the visuals. But it is a very forgettable experience that I... Thinking back on it... All I, all I can think about from my memory of playing is that... So many of the areas are just me going on and then they would... The, the scrolling would stop because enemies are starting to spawn in from both sides. You get two big boys on each, each side who are throwing giant rocks. They pick up giant rocks and they throw them, but they only ever throw them at waist high and higher. So you just, you stay ducked. And then the little guys who will throw, who will like lob rocks at you. They need to be within a certain vicinity, but as long as you kill them before they make their way too far from either direction, and you just keep going back, forth, left, right, left, right, and, and throwing your little spear to take out those dudes first, then you take the big dies down, and when everyone's dead, you move on a little bit more, and guess what? You're eventually going to run into another situation, uh, another scenario that is exactly that same fucking thing, and that's what you're doing over and over and over again until you eventually get to a boss these levels are too fucking long and, and too long because you're just doing that same shit over and over again sometimes a dragon will be flying above those are annoying but the worst ones are the little mages who float in and shoot homing balls at you you can destroy the balls but they can be a little finicky to get destroyed <laughs> it was just fucking whatever and then Brave Soldier Invasion of Cyborgs is similar in its repetitive, boring nature, except what it is, is basically a... It's very clearly heavily inspired by the original Contra, but in a bro-force costume. It's got a very bro force aesthetic and look to it with these tiny little pixel characters in a pixel world but the level design and areas and direction 
is all very, very Contra-y. Your special weapons that you can obtain during play are all very contra You got your little swirl gun, which I can never remember what that fucking gun is called. I hated that gun in Contra. It's a little bit better here. You got your spread shot. No laser. You do have a few guns that are all kind of regular bullet, not super fast machine guns that I could never figure out what the benefit was. And then one gun that is unique compared to the original Contra release that is very, very useful, which is a marksman gun that will, when you're in a specific range, automatically lock on the enemy, regardless of angle, which is important because you cannot angle your gun. You can just shoot forward. You can't shoot. I don't think you can even shoot up. So that gun becomes incredibly useful because it allows you to shoot at all these various angles without even aiming. You don't have to do any work. You just have to be close enough and then fire and the gun will do all the work for you, which is borderline cheat code you see me but you just you're going through these areas very again another shorty less than an hour to complete the whole thing both these games uh, Toronto and Brave Soldier uh, great for achievements but it's so clearly clearly inspired quote unquote inspired by the original Contra in that you even have the the turrets which are set up the exact same way it's just it, it's it's very very dull the shooting doesn't feel particularly good the it's not even that it's a bad game or anything of that nature it's just a very throwaway whatever forgettable game you'll you'll play it you get your achievements you'll feel good about that and then you'll be done with it and it's fine in both these cases, it's fine because they're $5 games. I'm assuming they're both $5 games, given their, their length, and they're both East Asia soft products, and a lot of their games fall in that 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 range. They, they do make more expensive games as well, but given the nature of both of these games, I would assume they're, they're on the cheap side. And to that point, you might get enough out of them. I would definitely say that Brave Soldier over Toronto is the more interesting one to check out because Toronto is just the same as samey as Brave Soldier can be it switches it up with the environment a little bit and level structure can get a bit more involved you'll have instances where you are doing a lot of jumping between there's some there's some almost kind of fun platforming in it and the platforming feels all right there are there are moments where the game can be very cheap purposely so which is okay in a game like that i guess it's never too bad because you have a lot of life or you can take a lot of hits and if you lose all your your life points your your health points you'll be reset to the last checkpoint and every level has a handful of checkpoints so it's a very easy game you don't have to worry about making your way through any level or the game as a whole because it doesn't work it's all level based in a very mobile centric type of setup so you're not having to worry about continues and having to start over from the beginning or anything like that but it does at least feel like it's ramping things up or changing things and trying different things as you're playing through the whole thing whereas Toronto is just okay the environment might look ever so slightly different mainly because 
now some of the ground is missing and there are spikes there instead. It is just the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, now there's a dragon over and over and oh, now there's some fucking annoying mages over and over and over again. And last but not least is Drill Deal Oil Tycoon. This is another one of those games that is very clearly a PC first game that is cumbersome to control on a gamepad. The screenshots and trailer are a tad misleading. They make it seem more interesting. One of the most frustrating things about the game is that the sandbox mode is locked behind playing through a few of the missions, which are way more guided and mission based with very specific tasks for you to complete, which are fine, I guess, if you want to do that. But I would much rather the sandbox mode be open right from the beginning so that I have this mode I can play and learn the game at my own pace, experiment with different types of setups and layouts, and learn the game at my own speed. Because the tutorial, while okay, isn't the best. There are things that are, it misses. It doesn't always say everything straight to you. There are finicky ways in which things should work, but then they don't work, and then you're not sure why suddenly the, the game switched things up, and, and now this this thing is working. A lot of menus to deal with. But the, the, the thing that sucks about this game is that compared to some of the other simulator-ish games I've played recently, like Aquarius and... What was the other one? But like some of the, unlike some of the other games that I've played that are just bad, 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 I can see potential here. But I don't like the, the mission structure. The tutorial does not do the best job of explaining things in a clear and concise manner. And then... When I looked at the reviews, I did not play it long enough to reach this point to see if that is the case. I think all but one said that the sandbox mode just did not work. When they completed the mission that unlocks the sandbox mode, which is two or three missions deep, the sandbox mode was still not unlocked. And if that is really the case, that is got to be one hell of a frustrating thing because... It, it just seems crazy to me in a game like this to have that locked. That is, in many ways, in many cases, what a lot of people come to these games for is to just jump into the sandbox mode. Having these various specific scenarios that are asking you to collect all these goods or fend off these pirates or, or do shit of that nature. That's fine as a, a way of having some more bespoke content. But a lot of people, myself included, like to just go in these, these games and be free to do things our own way and have the organic nature and way things can play out happen. Because in this game, you can end up having to fight off against pirates, as I mentioned uh, not that long ago, or a giant 
octopus, which might be a kraken. I don't know if it's a kraken because I had never got to see one. But there are, there's there's potential there. It just is not. It's not great on gamepad. Does not have mouse and keyboard support. I don't believe I I I think I actively looked into that because I, I wanted to give this game. Uh, a shot with that if that was the case, because like I said, unlike some of the other games, I can see potential here. Not as much potential as in Crime Boss, because Crime Boss is the the game of potential. It's unfortunate. That said, maybe if uh, you don't mind playing on PC and you see this game on a sale, might be worth checking out. But on Xbox, with a gamepad where you're stuck using a gamepad, not so much. Not so much. But that's it in terms of what I've been playing. So that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Denz. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Again, the site, the YouTube, the Patreon, the Discord, and all that jazz can be found. I was like, is that how I did it? No, I think I said earlier, the site, the YouTube, the Patreon, the Discord, all that jazz and more can be found over at pxsausage.com. That is, again, pxsausage.com. So go there if you want all them good links and shit. But that is going to do it. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, I hope you... Man, I do not remember. It's fucking... How do I end the show? I, I think the thank yous threw me off. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Eh, eh. Whatever. That That's it. That's all. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week that crescendos into a lovely weekend. So for now, adios of Rivaderci. Bye!